0: Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Morning Podcast. It's the 3rd of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, and the Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank & Trust. Proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. Visit them online at FFBTE.com to learn more. We have the latest Indiana farm news, markets, and weather coming up today. Eric Pfeiffer checks in on California's Prop 12. We have a WOTUS update and reaction to EPA's latest move. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin details showers and thunderstorms and more mild temperatures. And Mike Silver on the markets on the The
1: land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank & Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank & Trust. Member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat (laughs) (laughs) to agriculture anytime we can help a farmer grow their business
0: and
2: meet their goals that's a proud moment for me and well other things for some reason like and subscribe we don't know why but that's important
3: we want you to do it on your own but we're gonna tell you (laughs)
2: listen now on all platforms the epa creating more wotus confusion and a prop 12 decision could be coming soon i'm eric pfeiffer and this is hoosier ag today The Environmental Protection Agency has issued a final rewrite of Trump-era WOTUS reforms, and it's not sitting well with many farm groups. Here's Andy Eubank. Thanks, Eric. American Farm Bureau
0: is quite disappointed, and the National Cattlemen's Beef Association says the final waters of the U.S. rule is tainted.
3: The rule doesn't clearly exempt isolated or ephemeral features from federal jurisdiction, but instead subjects both of those features to case-by-case determinations, which means that farmers, ranchers, or landowners across the country could be required to, to pay a lot of money and spend a lot of time Trying to figure out if their isolated or ephemeral features are federally jurisdictional. That's
0: NCBA Chief Counsel Mary Thomas Hart. Beyond some exemptions for drainage ditches, stock ponds, and prior converted cropland, Hart sees the Biden EPA rule as a reversal of Trump-era WOTUS reforms.
3: This is a significant expansion beyond the navigable waters protection rule, and and the Biden administration sought to find some middle ground between the 2015 rule and the 2020 rule. So we knew that there. might be a slight expansion, but this leans much more toward um, the 2015 Obama rule than it does toward the Navigable Waters Protection Rule.
0: Over at American Farm Bureau, Courtney Briggs, Senior Director of Government Affairs, agrees the rule doesn't provide the clarity and certainty that those being regulated have been asking for.
3: This rule allows the federal government to expand their jurisdictional reach over private property it is clear that the agencies have doubled down on their use of the troubling significant nexus test, which will require landowners to hire environmental consultants, attorneys, and engineers to ensure that they are in compliance.
0: She says when the federal government expands its reach, the amount of permitting that farmers are subject to gets worse.
3: Since this rule relies on case-by-case determination and ambiguously defined terms it is incredibly difficult for a farmer to understand if they have a jurisdictional feature on their property. There are civil and criminal liabilities attached to clean water act compliance, and that is why it's so incredibly important to have a clear line of jurisdiction.
0: The new WOTUS rule now goes into effect 60 days after it's published in the Federal Register.
3: We will be looking to the Supreme Court for a decision in the Sackett case, which will provide some clarity on the use of the significant nexus test. And the agencies of state, that today's rule is a durable rule but it is very likely that they will have to make changes to the rule in response to a decision from the high court next
0: year. Hart with NCBA says the timing of the EPA final rule couldn't be worse and it seeks to directly preempt the ongoing Supreme Court litigation leaving the WOTUS question mark murkier
2: than ever until the high court rules months from now. I'm Andy Eubank. All right Andy thanks and from one Supreme Court case to another We are expecting a decision from the Supreme Court on California's Proposition 12 any time now.
4: I am uh, optimistic, but I'm not confident.
2: And that's Michael Formica, the chief legal strategist for the National Pork Producers Council.
4: You can't guarantee the result. We don't know, right? We won't know what's going to happen until it happens, but I, I I think the signals seem to be pointing in the right direction.
2: Prop 12 was a ballot initiative that passed in California that would create new rules for swine production. Chief among them, it bans the sale of pork in California from the offspring of sows kept in pens that do not meet its prescribed dimensions of 24 square feet per sow, even if the hogs were raised outside of California. Formica says the decision, which he expects to come near the end of this month or in February, is crucial to all of agriculture, not just the pork industry.
4: If we lose this, and I don't think we are going to lose this, um, but if we were to lose this, it would be bad for pork producers. Uh, it would It would open the floodgates. Of these ballot initiatives and activist um, measures in you know in high population states, so in you know New York, California, New Jersey, um, Massachusetts, we would see attacks on agriculture coming left and right uh, for every issue under the sun.
2: Part of the reason for for optimism,
4: having the you know, Biden administration, the U.S. government on our side, um, was was a fantastic uh, development. And, we worked hard on that early on, and uh, you know they were they were there to defend the integrity of the U.S. food system, um, you know to defend biosecurity as a as a concern, uh, defend the wholesomeness of, of pork going um going through and, and the 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 reliance and the faith of consumers in in the safety and wholesomeness of the meat that they that they consume
2: we'll continue to follow this story for breaking ag news be sure to follow us on twitter facebook and our website hoosieragtoday.com. dot i'm eric pfeiffer hoosier ag today indiana's
5: farm network your operating loan for your farm needs to cover all that could be That's why Farm Credit Mid-America offers flexible financing options to take care of the day-to-day so you can free up capital to maximize opportunities for your farm. Use our online banking or mobile app to conveniently check funds so you always know how much cash you have on hand and can plan for what's ahead. To find an operating loan that works for you, visit e-farmcredit.com. Subject to credit approval, additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Mid-America is an Equal Opportunity Lender. Showers and thunderstorms trying to move across the Hoosier State today. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Let's take a look at your forecast update. Moisture coming from a significant storm complex that lifted out of the central plains yesterday. This low is going to be tracking to our north and west. Uh, The low headed from northern parts of Missouri early this morning to about the Detroit area by mid to late afternoon. That track right there is going to keep showers and thunderstorms around through the entire day today. However, the threat of heavier thunderstorms, I think, is past us. That mostly happened overnight last night. Now, we can see some stronger thunderstorms still want to pop up this afternoon in southwestern parts of Indiana, but I, I think the threat is somewhat minimal. And then as we go on through the overnight, moisture lingers in east to central and southeastern parts of the state, maybe even southwest as well. I think moisture is not going to be out of the entire state of Indiana until closer to sunrise tomorrow morning. We're still on track to see anywhere from a half to one and a half inches of rain out of this coverage at 100% of the Hoosier State. We are drier tomorrow as a dry slot works in. Cool air is going to slowly work in through the day. I'm not sure we see a lot of sunshine. I won't rule it out, but cold air and no precipitation is the main feature of your Wednesday. On Thursday, wraparound backside moisture gives us plenty of cloud cover, and I won't rule out some sloppy wet snowflakes, but it's nothing more really than flurries at this point. We are not concerned about accumulation. We see sunshine reemerge on Friday, and we keep that sunny sky around through mid to late afternoon. Saturday, clouds come back with a few hit and miss scattered rain and wet snow showers. A few hundreds to a tenth or two, that's all the moisture equivalent we have. I do think that the best chance of precipitation on Saturday is going to be central and southern Indiana. I won't rule it out anywhere. Canadian high pressure comes in to follow that on Sunday and sticks around in control all the way through next Wednesday. So we are fully precipitation-free Sunday through at least Wednesday, likely Thursday as well. But we're also below normal on temperatures there as well, getting temperatures back, uh, well, I guess where we would expect them to be during winter, right? That's a look at your forecast update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: This is Who's Your Ag Today and the Monday Farm Market Review. No markets on Monday closed for the New Year's holiday. I'm Andy Eubank. This update is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. Learn more at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. The markets were closed on Monday, but we preview what might impact markets throughout 2023, especially here in
1: the early days. For that, I turned late last week to Mike Silver of Kokomo Grain. We get a chance here uh, to do it all over again. And basically, you know, right now, the factors that are in the market, uh, we're watching the uh, Brazilian and Argentine weather. Uh, That weather obviously bears watching now. Uh, Argentina is on the drier side. Uh, There are some areas in Brazil that are concerning, but the prognosis right now is that that weather will probably straighten out in the Southern hemisphere. Brazil and Argentina are uh, on pace to produce a uh, really strong soybean crop this year. And in Mata Grossa, the state of Mato Grosso in Brazil, the largest soybean producing state in Brazil. Harvest is underway and the yields are exceptionally good. And as we move now deeper into January and, and, and into February, uh, we'll get verification about those yields. Of course, the situation in the Ukraine, uh, the war between Russia and the Ukraine, very, very much still in play. Input costs acreage decisions are very much in play this spring. Um, as everyone listening knows, uh, input costs are higher this year than they were last year. They have, fertilizer prices have come down uh, somewhat, but uh, still uh, they are at uh, historically high prices and, and that will have some bearing on what our acreage decisions are gonna be as we move uh, towards the planting season. Um, the U.S., obviously, we're not so much concerned about production right now as we are about the demand side of the market. Our corn export program is lagging the pace to meet the USDA export projections. The soybean export pace is okay. Actually, it's okay. Um, we need to keep an eye on the COVID situation in China. China's, China's economy and, and basically not only the Chinese economy, but economies across the globe Uh, geopolitical and economic issues uh, need to be addressed in this coming year. Uh, Macro markets mean a lot to grain prices. We've talked about this before. The fundamentals eventually catch up with prices, but on any given trading day, Andy, as we well know, the macro markets, the energy markets, the treasury markets, the stock market. Every commodity uh, seems to have an impact in this algorithm trading environment that we're in that that helps determine uh, grain prices. Um, the other thing that we obviously need to be on the lookout for, and, and this is a hard one, are black swan events. Things that we aren't even thinking about today that could impact the market one way or another, either to the plus side or the negative side. So, Farmers still have quite a bit of harvested 22 grain that they need to price, whether it's at the elevator or in the grain bins. Uh, And of course, we have the 23 crop that we have yet to plant that uh, we need to start thinking about and get some offers in place to to get some prices locked in for the grain that we're going to raise here in 2023. So we get a chance to do it all over again. And the next big report that we have coming out, Andy, will be the January 12th WASDE report. uh, And that will give us our final production numbers for the uh, 2022 crop that we harvested this last year. And then as we move on into February, we'll get some more intelligence out of estimates from the USDA as far as planted acreage intention numbers and so on and so forth. So... A lot to reflect on as we sing Old Lang's Eye on New Year's Eve and approach the new year, Andy. I'd be remiss if I did not say this. I I want to thank you and your entire team at Hoosier Ag today for the fine job that you do in covering agricultural news and and news that impacts our grain markets. Uh, I know in my conversations with farmers, um, they tell me, you know, that that they they listen uh, attentively to the information that you folks at Hoosier Ag Today provide, and I want to thank you from a personal standpoint for giving me the opportunity uh, to make the small contributions that I do uh, to help cover the news and. Just say thank you very much and Happy New Year.
0: My thanks to Mike Silver, Kokomo Grain. Look forward to working with Mike again throughout 2023. Get Mike at 800-666-0613. On HAT, the markets, of course, were closed on Monday for the New Year's holiday. Back open on Tuesday with a full session. And check the markets anytime at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm Andy Eubank, Hoosier Ag Today, timely, relevant, credible.